Hey, Spencer, have you heard of Lisa Lampanelli? Oh, you're talking about the queen of mean, right? Yeah, but she's also become the queen of lean. Did you know that? She has a, a play called Stuffed, where she delivers brash, skinny insight from the fridge to your ears. No, oh, yeah, not, no. I don't think that's what happens in the play. <laughs> I've actually heard reviews for the New York Times that have said uh, Stuffed offers laughs, genuine pain, and even a bit of insight. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Why? Is that relevant to anything? Well, well, you know, yeah, Lisa Lampanelli, she's got a lot of street cred, and she's also got a new Feral Audio uh, podcast um, where she and her co-host, Mike Morse, uh, talk about health, food, body image, everything else to help you be the best you you can be. That's a that's a, that's a a real hairpin turn for the queen of mean. She's, she's stopped stomping on uh, political sensitivities uh, long enough to help you self-actualize and get, engage in some self-care. So what? She dishes out some tough love as she takes your questions about being fat? Fat, being skinny, being anything but right, and helps you grab a little self-acceptance. I mean, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, but there's other stuff too. Like if you if you want to get yelled at by uh, Lisa, you can email get stuffed at feralaudio.com, uh, and maybe she'll uh, she'll make you feel like a piece of shit on the, on the podcast, <laughs> or, or or maybe she'll make you feel better. I, you you don't know with Lisa Lampanelli, she's the queen. Of mean and lean, um, <laughs> give their give her hotline a ring three four seven four six four two six five four, and you might end up in the show that way too. But in either case, it's worth a listen. It's free. Like uh, I think it's very interesting that she that she's 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 like had some transformative n- nutritional experience that she and now is is, is doing insights because you know what's interesting about the idea of Lisa Lampanelli talking about body image and stuff is that we already know that she doesn't give a shit about what your feelings so and and what we probably need to do more of when we're talking about um, health issues and stuff is actually have some frank conversations we're a very fat country very diabetic country very diluted uh, v- vain. Um, uh, self-loathing, uh, shallow country. Like, like, what, what, what do we need to do to actually be healthy? I, I, I would trust uh, uh, the queen of mean turned queen of lean to, to, to tell me that. Yeah. So make sure you subscribe to uh, get stuffed. Get stuffed. Kick the craving. Subscribe to get stuffed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeralAudio.com/slash get stuffed, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage. The new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. So, uh, my name is Alvaro Rodriguez. I'm the screenwriter for The Last Rampage. As a writer, to me, I'm less interested in genre and more interested in character. And, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um kind of horror genre thriller or action movie or kids movie or you know different kinds of things and it was always more I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of um, of a guy like Gary Tyson who you know had been in and out of institutions from the time he was you know a kid um, and uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the Church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed uh, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. 
So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family in some, centered in some way. You know, they're elemental stories. They're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about, in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons. And the only way you're going to, you know, get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically. But kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really, you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters and available on iTunes and all on-demand platforms today. For more information, visit truecrimelive.com or follow the movie on Twitter at Last Rampage Film or on facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. At one of the few remaining shows at Meltdown Comics, Harmontown is now in session. For your abject entertainment pleasure, Spencer Crittenden, everybody. Spencer stalking the stage like an antelope. Oh, yeah. And the mayor of Harmontown, Mr. Dan Harmon. I don't... What... What's this? It's a cylinder. It's a joint. Okay. Thank you. Well, what's written on the mic stand? Is it funny? It's a... No, I mean, it's it's certainly... Look, I don't want to judge whoever did this. Is it you? <laughs> well, the joint... I mean, I think I think we're even now. This is... Because I, I, I'm a slow reader, so the top of the show was me, like, taking this all in. Dear Deanne, I was hoping to ask you some time travel questions. <laughs> I know a bunch of your recent shows have been busy. I would love a couple minutes to chat. Sincerely, Michael. And you mean on stage. Like, if we have a moment, we'll have you up. and Or just at my place. You want to hang up? I think it... Uh, but I do think... I do think t- Tavern on the Green in New York on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> but I, could th- I, I do think... I mean, I think you... I think given your goals, you played everything right uh, and g- gave me a joint and then and then there was a note and it's like, you're letting me have control of the relationship. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> That's very nice. Uh, so so uh, I'm a forgetful person, but but I'll be looking at you for the next two hours and maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll remember. Um, Michael, uh, home, home brews beer, right? Uh, oh, I th- okay. Because I thought it just appeared from the. Because f- <laughs> you have time travel questions. I don't know. Whatever. I, I just uh, my mind was racing trying to figure out like if I knew a guy had time travel questions, I could have done some prank where I like had a bucket fall on me, 
um, but then like planted it. I'm not sure. I'm not good at practical jokes. This is a terrible beginning to a show. It's not your fault. It's mine. Um, all right. So uh, thank you for coming uh, uh, on your Sunday. Uh, uh, so I, uh, my, my name is Dan Harmon. This is Jeff Davis. Uh, <laughs> uh, we do a podcast called Harmon Town. Uh, <laughs> a little throne. Um, <laughs> It, it, the, I, 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 oh, it's these glasses, I, too. It's like, I, what, I, am I really doing this? Am I wearing these? Yes. Uh, I, I've been doing, I've been wearing them for the last couple of days. Well, I know, I think you, I look good. Fine. Who cares? I look like Steve Bannon. Did you know Steve Bannon sounds kind of like you? You look at Steve Bannon and you, you, look, you think he must sound like, oh, all these Jews. But he sounds, <laughs> but he sounds kind of like, oh, you know, these Jews. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but yeah. these Jews. <laughs> it's a weird, it was striking to hear. I don't know. I almost feel like, I, I walked by a mirror today and I swear, I was wearing a checkered shirt like Steve Bannon and I have the same fucking wardrobe, same same amount of gray in the hair, same length hair, same, like we're both, we're both pickling ourselves, like both exploding into blood vessels and just like, like both just balls of fucking shit. Um, and, I, and I caught, like, in the peripheral vision, I walked by an unexpected mirror. I didn't know it was a mirror. And I swear my first thought was, Steve Bannon! Like, like, <laughs> I, like, it's, like, like, like a weird, like, I, that's how much like him I'm, I look if I wear a checkered shirt. So I, I got out my Henley and um, <laughs> I look like Tom Cruise again. Fuck. Episode title. It's just gonna be one of those nights. I I I I I, I just got back from Portland and uh, did, you, did you fly in today? I flew back home today and then I had a four o'clock meeting about a, a mo- trying to get that movie made with the Michael Jackson and the chimp and uh, with the Taika and the Waititi and the um, uh, that like we're, we're we're trying to make that happen and um, and so we had a Sunday like drink session with Power Power Hollywood trying to get that together and then I came back home and just just enough time to just, like like joyless masturbate like uh, <laughs> like just just sad just like 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 what, what was the uh, what was going on with the joyless masturbation like like, like what, just. For- Frenetic, just frantic. Like the pace was just like like it wasn't. There was no like confident stroke. There is that what you want to know? Is that what you're asking? I I, I want I, I want you to tell us what the details. It's like, were. do you guys ever think about? I mean, we know. You know how many of you uh, cover the camera on your laptop? We got we got like let's say let's say like 15, 20, yeah, 15%. Strong, actually strong thirty percent. Yeah. Um, I, 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 every once in a while I'll cover it if I like, I'll put like a breathe right strip on it that, <laughs> from the night before but it's like I go back and forth because I'm just like I'm just like I, I, part of me is just like yeah choke on it choke on it like like, like yeah watch me jerk off <laughs> government like 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 watch every frame like, like you never know like I'll put little like teasers in there so they have to watch all of me jerking off like just go like all right, let's do this one for ISIS, maybe. <laughs> Waiting for do a like... very important phone call, but first. <laughs> <laughs> what if you like, like, put decals on yourself like a NASCAR car with like, 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 like Pep- Pepsi and like Firestone tires? And shit like that? Well, I don't know if that. But, but I know, and then you think like, well, what are they going to blackmail you? Like, 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 like that's, that 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 ship has sailed, right? Like, if you're an outspoken 
activist, let's say, if you were like a modern day uh, th- threat to the to the regime or something, and you jerked off in front of your laptop, what would they would they release your jerk off? Like like your home, like, like, they wouldn't do it. Would they send it to you in an envelope and go, look, you look kind of silly when you jerk off, so maybe uh, Black Lives Matter a little less than you think they should. Um, um, and, and, but no one would be phased by that. They'd be stoked, right? They'd be like, 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 okay, well, I do look silly, that's for sure. But, but like now, I'm like martyred because they, yeah. So I mean, I just, I just, I we, mostly. We, we all, uh, we all text each other with a picture of you laying in your bed with your balls up. Like that's like, a, yeah, like, yeah. I know, that's, I'm kind of part of it is like, yeah, it's like to take the enemy's ammunition away. Exactly. Like, look at my balls. Look at my tiny dick. Look at my gross, hairy hedgehog body. Look at my look at my shoulder hair. Look at listen to my horrible thoughts. Like, like I don't care. I hate everybody. I hate myself. I hate the planet. Nah. <laughs> now I can say whatever I want. Fuck the president. <laughs> I did it. I won. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, anyway, so I was in Portland. Do you, you, think, you think Trump listens to our podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he's like notorious for his like... Uh, yeah, he 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 watches everything. His his radar dish is huge. Yeah, he, he's always. I think one of his most profound quotes that you never hear quoted is he he says he says you know if you're not hearing your opposition's voice they might not be hearing yours. <laughs> he never said that. Before. Actually, that was said, uh, uh, I think, or I'm not sure if it was said by, but we're, we're going to be talking about that. We have a documentarian filmmaker. That that movie I kept talking about, uh, uh, Accidental Courtesy, uh, uh, that follows Daryl Davis around uh, the uh, the guy that shot that movie's here. Um, and uh, that this isn't me introducing him. No, yes, it is. Let me introduce him. Let's bring out our new friend, Matt Orenstein. Would you like a drink? I, I BY'd my own B, but thank you so much. Okay. For the offer. All right. So, uh, ju- just out of curiosity, uh, uh, how, how many people have seen this movie? Just because I had mentioned it today. All right. Okay. Good. <laughs> given, uh, give, given the grosses, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> uh, let's start there. What is the how, how is the documentary racket these days? It's a, I literally don't know where to keep the cash. <laughs> <laughs> This was your first movie, right? Like, like, like your first documentary. Was it your first movie as well? I've done a couple um, long-form documentary shorts, one of which was a narrative hybrid. So it was actors, but everyone else was a real person. And that was about the last space shuttle launch. And that, that did okay for itself, so that kind of led to this, I guess. Did you know that this was going to take about three years? And if so... I have follow-up questions. Uh, did you? And and if so, why was it w- worth it? Go. Well, um, I actually did not. I, d- I did not. <laughs> Matt, while while Dan does that bit uh, for our listeners, uh, get the mic right in your lips because it's uh, like you need to put the mic by the ice. No, no, get it, get it right. Oh there. yeah, eat the, mic. eat the mic right there. I actually thought we could do it very quickly. I was supposed to direct like a. A high school movie, actually, like a good one, but a, a fairly normal movie. And uh, I'd cleared all that time, the pre-production, the shoot time, 
and then it, it delayed, and so I thought, oh, we'll just knock out the Daryl Davis thing, just like you know. So you thought maybe easy. three months, six months, six months a year. I thought it'd be cake because he's a he's. That, that seems reasonable. I mean, the movie opens with him telling a story that just sort of whiplashes you because everything that you think you understand about how bigotry and race is supposed to work in America is subverted by this very simple story in the beginning, which is uh, he your, your throat sounds like it might be a little tender. So I'll tell the story. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but he, he tells sorry, like there's the, the KKK's coming to town and they don't have a bus and he has a bus and he gives them a he lets them use his bus. Um, and, and, and you're kind of like, wait, what's going on? I don't understand what's happening. And it, it sort of leaves you hanging because it, it doesn't, it, you, you can't understand it. This guy, Daryl Davis, like that's sort of how he started down this road of this very unique individual form of activism where he very simply befriends racists, um, not in an attempt to, he doesn't, you know, like he doesn't come at them and tell them how they're wrong. He doesn't even say, let's debate about it. He just makes friends with them. And then slowly over time, they tend to retire from racism. I describe it like he fights a war of erosion or like, uh, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like the hundred years battle. Like he knows eventually that it will work out, but it's not a hard sell by any means. Um, the opening you're talking about, I love. I, I, I realized pretty quickly that we only had one chance to sort of use the cold open could be very special because you don't necessarily know what his deal is and you immediately have to recontextualize all this information right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And then as the film goes on, it sort of takes on a different meaning. Yeah, I mean, and then the, the meeting with the goddess, as Joseph Campbell would put it, like yeah. for me watching that that documentary is that then he goes and he's... He's in Baltimore, correct? Baltimore. And and there's these very like smart, like dedicated career activists, uh, Kwame Rose and uh, Tarek Torre, Kwame Rose, and J.C. Falk. Uh, is J.C. Falk the older guy? J.C. is the older guy who. Really uh, and and I, I had already described this scene to them, which is that they sit down across the table from this guy, and you've been watching the whole time. You've been watching these kind of Jim Norton-y looking like KKK guys. <laughs> I'm not a Jim, Jim Norton's not racist. I'm just saying, uh, like, like, like they're just just putting that's, a picture in your head. That's great casting. Oh my god, I would be, I would that's that one guy at the diner, right? You'd cast Jim Norton yeah, as that absolutely. guy. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> where you're you're watching over and over again. You're watching him sit down with these guys, and you're kind of like, it's again, it's confounding because I, I, you know. I don't understand like well wait how is i don't understand how racism works then i don't if there's exceptions to it then why don't you stop being racist and then sooner and then they go well they eventually do they just need black friends um <laughs> i mean it's the reality though a lot of them have never had any black friends and so in the absence of real information you can tell them they have horns and it, it flies for a little bit and it becomes more of an expression of how much they care about their neighborhood or their family or themselves or their whatever it's it and there's just this, this Thing they've never met and that that's the question that daryl keeps asking that's his thesis question is how can you hate me if you've never met me and it carries him through that but then it's like oh now these times are upon us these conversations are so important uh and he sits down with these guys these younger millennial activists and w in very short time uh they're 
they're they're having a harder time seeing eye to eye than these more performance kind of like hey I, well baseball apple pie I'll tell you if you like Elvis then I like you say cheese and I don't mean to I don't mean to demean it or trivialize it but it's like now it's time to have a real conversation and it breaks down um, uh, pretty quickly and he you know and those guys. Don't, it doesn't get like shouty, but those guys get up and go, you know what? Can't do it anymore. After they kind of call him out on what are you doing and what is what good is it doing? Like, like, like what has it changed? You've been doing it so long. And isn't it almost <laughs> the thing that killed me was when one of the two of them said, it seems like it's a fetish. Yeah. Which, which is something everyone had thought at some point a little bit because a, a fetish doesn't necessarily uh, mean what he does isn't valuable. It just means that he has grown to. He's fixated you know, on he's it. He's fixated on this thing. And, uh, you know, just a tiny bit of background. Sorry, I'm a little... <clears throat> there we go. Um, <laughs> Daryl was raised in international schools. Daryl's the guy in the film. And his dad was a diplomat. So he grew up um, in this sort of utopian school environment where there really wasn't racism like we experience and take for granted here. So he comes back to the States and he does not... It just does not compute. And he wants to know what the deal is. And that's sort of what opens the door on all of this. And it goes on to have, you know, greater meaning for him. And he's a musician, right? He's a musician. He's played with Chuck Berry, uh, Rest in Peace, and Little Richard, and all kinds of great musicians. He's, he's really amazing at that. And that's often his, uh, his way of communicating was initially through music. Like, you know, he'd be playing somewhere and people would want to come talk to him. Mm-hmm. So it makes him a celebrity if you're in some little honky-tonk and you've, you've been on Letterman with Chuck Berry. Right. And when you are that dedicated to music, then probably you know you you that's another reason why you you tend to not see the things that get us tied up. Not that uh, not that I'm a person that gets tied up in it, but we should bring up our black friend Brandon Johnson. Let's get a black guy here, please. Brandon Johnson, Brandon Johnson, he's our blackest friend, blackest friend in the world. Oh, I love that fucking theme song. <laughs> good God. That's a good fucking suit, Brandon. You did it again. Thank you so much, Mr. Davis. <laughs> How do you... Yeah, you guys both look sharp. Jeff Davis, honestly, just always impeccable. Me, I'm like, I'm going to cut a, a couch up and take the fabric <laughs> off, maybe rip out the interior of a 78 Oldsmobile Cutlass, and then wear that to the Harmontown show. Well, you have a great tailor then. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> Dan's De- 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 worst nightmare is the show is you and me talking about suits. <laughs> I mean, uh, in his defense, he did. He said he knew what a Henley was, though. I'll give him points for He's like, my, my oh, girlfriend, Henley. I heard my girlfriend say it. Yeah. It's dope. <laughs> dope. It's a big uh, deal. Um, what, what, yeah, clothes. What, so what... <laughs> So one of the suits is better than the other suit, but you disagree on that? I mean, what? No, no, what? We're, we're just we're just admiring each other. Yeah. It's, it's two men admiring our, it, the sartorial splendor that is Brandon Johnson and Jeff Davis. All right. Good well, Lord. anyway, Come I just on. I, I just wanted to God get bless. him out because I didn't want him like like right. waiting around while we talked about this stuff. But uh, uh, <laughs> because Brandon's like he's uh, he's uh, he's uh, he's the people love him. He's the he's the. That's very nice of you, Dan Harmon. I, I really I got to say I love doing the show. People have been so nice to me since I started doing it, so thank everybody so much for the nice words. Yeah. Because it's difficult, because this is a difficult soup to get into, you know? It's not, I thought it was, it's gonna be like Oprah. 
like, you know, easy. We've come right, bring out now. some animals and see some animals, but no, I, every week it's some black shit. <laughs> no, our, our show for you is the, is the first two acts of Get, of get Out. Right. I, t- I haven't seen it. That's good, that's good. Stop. I mean, I, I now I already know too much, you know. Uh, all right, back back to this this scene in uh, in this in this in this cafe in Baltimore, wherever it was. So, um, so, so I, I I read a short interview with you where you were talking about the very understandable uh, dilemma of um, this guy's been doing this his whole life. What's the documentary going to be? You thought it was six months. Now it's I don't know how long into that it is, but it's like you're you're you, you can't just make up a third act for a documentary. It's like a hard thing to like paint a picture and like have it also feel like a movie. Um, and we know he's not going to like save a kitten from under a car or like like you know punch his dad or something. But um, but then in this in this moment, um, he's meeting these you know activists who and it's like. They're all good guys. They're all heroes, and they can't see eye to eye. And at one point, one of the young guys says before he gets up from the table, uh, because he's he's talking about how um, uh, you know questioning what the efficacy of what Daryl's doing, yeah. which also the guy from the Southern Poverty Law, Law Center does as well. He basically says we we appreciate what you're doing in single portion servings, but yeah. we're we deal in bulk. <laughs> Um, when it comes to anti-Semitism and racism, we'd like to clear the fucking decks. Uh, we don't want to just spend 25 years making a few racist friends. Um, but, but, but th- that, and that's the theme that these guys come upon. And it's like, it's hard to, it, it, and, and, and it's hard, it's, it's hard to watch because it like removes all of your sense of there's a solution here somewhere. It's miss, it's just in a box I haven't opened yet. And I'm a, I'm a fragile white privileged uh, v- viewer of this documentary i know the secrets to race and racism and I, I have i have i have numerous black friends and um uh i'm gonna like i'm gonna watch this and i'm gonna find out the truth but then it breaks down those guys get up respectfully now we don't want to we don't really want to talk to you anymore and um and and, and at one point daryl says don't you guys think that do you guys not think that the system can change that these racists can change and one of them kind of reflexively says no. And that to me was like the meeting with the goddess where it was like, oh shit, we're, we're at war with ourselves because we're, we're, we've, we, we, we're understandably like arguing between left and right, black and white and, and, and all this stuff. And, but there's this fight that we keep forgetting we're having, which is the fight between people that want to fight and people that don't want fighting to keep happening. And I don't, I'm not saying that activists are pro conflict. Sure. But they are. It's the, langu- it's the language they speak. They're very. They're respect. they're they're dealing with the issue in that language. They yeah. They're they're like arrest me because because if I'm afraid of getting arrested, then you know then that's a fucking problem. Then that, that that's what you wanted. So now I'm gonna make you arresting me part of the painting that I'm putting in this museum. And then it's like okay, that's brilliant and good and effective. But at what point do you go? Oh, shit, what I don't know. And you just walk away from this whole thing feeling like your soul wants to puke. I mean, I, <laughs> but in a good way. That's called a catharsis. I, if I had, if I could put that on the box. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I can. I mean, that's a very astute read on it. And I, I'm, I'm fond of saying about that scene that everyone in it is right and everyone's also wrong. 
They are correct. The younger actors are correct that the stakes are different for them. They're watching their friends be killed in front of them. And Daryl's solution is not something that seems immediate enough to them. But they're also wrong that people can't change, which is hopefully kind of the big theme of the movie. I mean, to make it murkier and uh, even less satisfying, for me, what I've really come to through this movie is racism... um, Racism is a social disease that is related to economics largely. I mean, it's like, as horribly unfulfilling as that sounds, uh, the factors that lead someone in an inner city to join a gang are the factors that lead someone in a rural area to join something like the Klan. The same lack of education, lack of options, the same broken homes. And so when we get into that scene, we're kind of butting up against that. Like the real issue here has to do with education and opportunity and a symptom is these these you know kkk and skinhead guys right because they're they're because their philosophies don't hold up if they sit down for a grilled cheese with a friendly black guy they within yeah. five minutes are saying well i don't and if that's all it took then like how 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 solid was your belief so yeah and so then you go okay this is dumb and then you go okay there's a lot of dumb people and then and then i i it's like <laughs> like 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 we we a question that i want i mean and and anytime you you can you can go look I made a documentary. I'm not talking about this shit. Um, but um, I, I was curious driving over here. I was thinking about my thoughts on the issue. And I was like, is there, it, it, I guess circling around the, the, the question, like one, one question to start with would be among white people is liberalism. It gets easier the richer you are, right? That's not to say that the richer you are as a white guy, the more prone you are to be liberal. The statistics don't bear that out. However, show me a white liberal and I'll show you a support system. Right. I mean, I think like most things, it's probably easier to be wealthy and white and do them. It's it's, it's easier. What? But, but it's. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm hey, sorry. Brandon, you should, you should totally check it out, man. <laughs> I, I was playing basketball and trying to get on America's Got Talent. <laughs> But it really, beg- I mean, that that, that 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 takes you down a scary rabbit hole, which is okay. So maybe I'm just not technically racist because my parents had a little less meth. Like, 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 like I was born. You know, it's just like when you start to get it. Those are the thoughts that really haunt you when you go like, well, OK, so I had a neighbor with a swimming pool and I had a 3.0 GPA and I lived in the suburb and I, you know, we weren't there were there were no bars on our, on our windows. So and I had uh, I went to integrated schools. And so but it was like, like I, I guess I guess the thing I'm circling here is like. So we have this, the big problem that we have in our country is neither race, nor is it bigotry, nor is it, it's, it's, it's the fact that we refuse to address class, we refuse to address poverty, and that where there is poverty, there are things like that don't affect us as much, like people believing the earth is flat, people believing that there's no sun, that it gets eaten by a turtle at night. Um, <laughs> like those things just don't affect how they hire and fire and, and who they shoot and like what the, what words they say on, on Larry King. Like 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 I don't know. I'm mixing a lot of things there. You're like, why would there be a poor white person on Larry King that? Believes turtles well, eat the sun. Well, they're 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 clearly there because they're a, a Trump science advisor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's hard to find. Yeah, you got to find that. that you Snap. Equal time. Um, yeah, and so I, I I don't know what I, I don't have a question. I was just babbling no, no, you, about it. Um, no, but you're, you're babbling in the right direction. It, it really Thank is. Thank you. <laughs> Told you, fucking. 
I heard you fucking doubting me. Be- because we refused... Honky pieces of shit. You tell them. Because we refuse to talk about class in a realistic way, we leave the door open for people like Trump to talk about it in a way to their advantage. Right. You know, poor black people and poor white people have a lot more in common than rich white people and poor white people at the end of the day. But Like, like the color of their skin? I don't understand. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, it's a, this is the age old thing. We all know it too. Like even the dumb people know it, but they don't feel it. <laughs> well, you you do this thing, collateral damage, where you're like, we're gonna lose a hundred thousand people, but we're gonna advance twenty million. So you'll do things like you'll create uh, a a nice thin poor white line next to a, a large black community. And then you'll keep super rich people further away. It's so fucking primitive. If you look in Los Angeles, all the rich people live up high. <laughs> it's the most monkey shit that we do. <laughs> and you, you want to say, like, when are we going to finally do this? But it, there's something about the human race that we're like, man, we got these places where we take people, they get sick, and we just put them in this place. Man, it's called a hospital. We devote four of those floors to titty. Titty augmentation. <laughs> and then one Florida cancer research. <laughs> and I think the same is with race, is that we are, we're super trying to figure it out still. Racism is kind of complex, but it's really not that complex, but it works. It works without a head, so it's, it's difficult to stop it. Correct? I think that is absolutely true, but I will also you say... You better, man. <laughs> I, didn't just, I didn't just rip off Jesse Jackson for nothing. <laughs> You are so aggressive, but also so articulate. I love it. He's so articulate. <laughs> you know, I, I do think on some level, um, I, it does seem like something that will not be with us forever. And I know that sounds very optimistic, but if you look at it by age distribution, well, you know, the... Michael, uh, stop it! <laughs> Look, obviously the internet is in many ways a dark and terrifying thing, but it also, the amount of empathy it generates, you know, that they say that overnight um, with the invention of the Gutenberg printing press, the, the murder rate in the world went down. Right. Because you could suddenly understand what it was like to be someone else. Yeah. And the internet is that, is that times a million, just not in the YouTube comments. But like, is that what <laughs> like, like, technology advances and then that, like, the parabolic like, curve, like, like, we're, we're, like, information grows so fast. Like, I forget what they call that thing where, like, we're, we're all, like, we're going to have the computing power of a human brain in our phone, like, four weeks from now because that's, that's, the, the, that's the rate things are going at. But is racism or sexism actually moving at a similar rate? I don't think it is. I feel like I feel like uh, I'll handle this. <laughs> I almost feel like like, like everybody like, take five. It, it almost seems like I think is that Turing's uh, is, it, is, it, is that inaccurate to call it Turing's curve or whatever you're talking about the Tur- like thing. But, no, Tur- Tur- no, Turing's thing is that one day the computers will be more Moore's like law, humans. right? So, someone in this room knows Moore's law. There we the, go. Okay, got it. All right, so I didn't hear it, but let's. But but it almost seems like that's going to outpace. Like it's it, like 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 I, I I have had conversations lately where it, it's almost like we're starting to admit to ourselves that we, short of ripping our flesh off of our faces, um and and, and throw gender in there as well. Like we can't. We're we're just 
fucking idiots about it. Like we receive signals that overpower us and the progressive among us are simply uh, uh, compensating in things that we always have these bioengineered for fucking barbarism bodies and that we're quickly approaching the point where you there'll be an app that just makes you not racist because it'll and it won't be because we become evolved i thought that was Pornhub. <laughs> it, it kind of, i mean yeah <laughs> That's like, i can't hate those people <laughs> so fucking beautiful <laughs> I mean, it looks good in them swirls. That's two. That's two or more colors in a rolling ball of fuck. I mean, but but you know, statistically, there's truth to that as well. Like, eventually. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's all blending, and the numbers are changing, and the demographics are changing, and like the day when uh, a non-college-educated white man could run it all is definitely the sun is setting on that, and that's part of what you're seeing is the last stand. It's these spasms because it's like because it actually is. We talk often about oh, a guy in Kentucky doesn't have any Muslim friends or whatever. Well, yes and no. I think what's happening is that it's it. There's this Rubicon being crossed. This 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 where, where yeah, but thanks to the internet, this. That person in Kentucky feels like it's at his doorstep now. Right. He, in a way that he never felt it before, and there was actually a kind of like strange, like symbiosis between the heartland and the cities before that was always possible when they were separated by horse distance. And it was like, oh, my cousin's coming to town. He's a little bit of a hillbilly. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's been there's been studies for I think 15 years now about the level of mistrust of people in the middle of the country, of the coasts, and all the media related. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been there. We just kind of. Yeah, David Wong wrote this uh, really great essay, kind of summing that up in terms of our popular culture. Um, uh, it was it, it just all goes back to this whole thing that's you know Hunger Games and all that stuff. It's like we we in America in particular we love the mythology of. People in the country are simple folk. Okay. They like to chew on their long grass things, and uh, and they're awful clever. They're like leprechauns. They got they got salt of the earth wisdom, and they got tricks they can pull. And they're they're the heart of the whole country. And then meanwhile, in the cities, I and mean, we in the cities propagate this myth. We look at ourselves as not city folk we look at ourselves as country folk that move to the city right. and, and and so we write movies and, and tv shows about how well if you live in the city you're this out of touch pasty faced person with a mole sticker on your face and the heart-shaped hair and you're like oh what well, this next contestant will fight the laser shark for for food i love it um and and we understand that that is the that's this that that, that has been it's the outlaw hero versus the righteous hero it's sure. this idea of cities coming up and, go, and like oh the sheriff's important but so is the han solo guy mixing genres i'm still following you it it, 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 it so i i guess that's just me going oh i know what you're talking about i can say it too but longer <laughs> i mean I, I think that I think that it's like it's obviously a cynical writing device, but it's also hopeful that maybe like if we threw off the shackles of the city, we'd be better, more honest, Matt, more straightforward people. Matt, could you make a documentary about Dan Harmon called Mixed Metaphors? <laughs> uh, uh, I have some availability. We can, we can, we can but it does feel like is there is there a chance that actually just because city living is getting more and more of a you know like we're the money's thinning out. 
Um, the millennial generation is they're getting by on less. Um, but they're, they, they're rich. They are richer. There is more money privately now because people got super rich in the past 10 years. So that's who's buying houses in San Francisco and Los Angeles and Chicago. Millennials? So that's why. That's why yeah. Those pieces of shit. Yes, because <laughs> Dan, I never Dan, trusted them. Dan, they're all around us. <laughs> yeah. Play it cool, Jackson. Uh, the, <laughs> I, I all think, I got to do is put out some records. <laughs> I think millennials have just been pretending to live with their parents and not have a future of their parents. So I think it's like a long con. They also they also love uh, r- racist stuff. They love it. They, 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 they pretend to get outraged by stuff, but they love it. They oh, tell me it. more, please. Like, I, I, all of our crowd, millennials, they come to this show. Like, what are they doing? Like you guys, you, you get so uh, so afraid of us saying the wrong thing, but you keep coming every week. <laughs> we're, we're we're going to offend you every time. <laughs> well, I think I would. They're not here to defend themselves, but I would say that's because it's like it's not like NASCAR where you're like, I hope I see a car flip over and have a disaster. I think it's more like if if in NASCAR a car flipping over made the car stronger, like if a if a if a burning Dan Harmon crawled out of every wreck and and went like now I'm made of asbestos and and I'll handle those curves a little slower I would watch that yeah they, they do I mean I, th- I think I'm America's like Gen X like like unintentionally racist and sexist uh, white knight uncle that like is like be- because I didn't get married when I was or I did get married that's right I've had that. hey, I, God damn wow God damn because I didn't get married and have kids on the Memory. schedule that would now have me have a 20-year-old kid, like, I'm just like this weird, drunk Gary Busey uncle at their wedding, you know, going like, oh, what are you kids talking about, race? Here's the thing. You got your black people and your white people. Is that still a thing? Let's think about it spiritually. Oh, Uncle Gary Busey. That was a fucking wicked Gary Busey impression. You don't know you have one until you try it. I'm Gary Busey. I lost it. I lost it. Very familiar feelings starting to come over me. I think even he has trouble these days keeping it in. (laughs) But anyways, yeah. I I think the Twitter's become a sewer. It just upsets me. I can't get off of it. Um, I, I, I have this like... I, but I also get these like doses of like pure like uplifting optimism, and I guess it's just I'm 44, so I'm always gonna funnel it through race and gender and all this stuff. But it's like I'll see I'll go like it's it's black women, black young women are going to save us because they haven't like on Twitter they're like that they I mean like I'm dehumanizing by putting them in a group. It's like if you know a black woman and she's a piece of shit, that's that's good, good, good. I'm not I'm not dehumanizing anybody. I'm just saying like I see this face of the future. It's and it's like oh this all makes sense because. They just—they've just been had so many times, but they—it's—it's—it's—it's forced that demographic to keep this thing that we're all striving for, which is like big picture, like pragmatism. Because there ain't no uh, fucking like jackpot coming if you play your cards right. Right. Like, like it's—it's more like, wait a minute, what? How does the house always win, and 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 how how do you count cards? And that's what I'm seeing a lot on Twitter and and, and blogs and things. Is 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 people that you would never the the silhouette they cut. You'd think, well, 
this person wouldn't even show up to the conversation because there's so many buttons being pushed before they get in the room. Well, it's the opposite. No, my buttons are getting pushed uh, because my software and hardware are all out of date. And now there's this new generation of people who are just like born into this stuff and going like, man, there's a lot of fucking claptrap going on about my race and my gender, but I'm not going to let that distract me. It's I see you're trying to trigger me, but here's the thing. Uh, and, 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 and I, I see a lot of, of, of that going on. I, I, I like, I, I, what, what is my fucking point? Am I trying to get a medal for, I mean, I'll, I, I want a young black woman I, to come okay. up to me after the show and uh, give me if, a teddy bear, if, I guess. If, I, don't if, know. I mean, shout out. <laughs> and if that is Let, you, let's not forget Maxine Waters has been super brave. Throughout yeah. And all old black time. women. Yeah. And that's the thing is that for, for yes, us, yeah. Why do, why do they have to be young? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it started, it probably, you know, that's years and years of activism and something yeah. that is trained and, and you grow up knowing these things. And, and that's great because you, you are able to pass a little hope. I'm glad you're so inspired. <laughs> <laughs> There's also part of the public school kid from Milwaukee. So I guess whenever I just, when Maxine Waters, like, responded or more importantly didn't respond didn't take the bait of all that like that, that man is a, he did because she did she was like that man it has a bunch of cases against him for women's <laughs> it was beautiful so it's like that's right. why you don't fuck with her in the first place you know you got old filthy ass hands riley <laughs> that was the crazy i was like why would this dude pick on her when he he knows that she is not going to fuck around on the rebuttal She's she's a black woman. Right. She's going to tell you that your feet stink, the pizza's burnt, and I don't think that bathroom was clean enough. <laughs> I was excited when, when... And I loved you. I'm telling you these things because I love you, and I don't want your friends to come over, taste your nasty-ass pizza, and take a shit in your shitty bathroom. Yeah. I loved you. <laughs> that was Miss Miss Jackson, my fourth grade right. math teacher, calling me over to the desk after taking everybody's lunch money and then calling me back up. Daniel... And she handed me a brush and a nail file and said, go scrub your hands and wash your nail or go, go wash your hands and scrub your nails. And I was like, I turned beet red. was like, what? And she's like, go wash your hands and scrub your nails. Anyways, um, <laughs> I was like, like, Dan, I tweet you that every, every couple of days. <laughs> The Max, the Maxine Waters response, like, the, like I noticed, like she didn't. It was like, it was like, how, how old is she? What is she? Seventy? She's, she's Donald Trump's age, right? Twelve terms or something like that. Um, we'll talk about a black woman's when, age. When, when, when <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, she's forty-two. Bill, Bill, Bill O'Reilly great. made that comment, and it was like, ugh, and then I was like, let's all have like these logical debates about, oh, you can talk about his hair and all this shit. Give me a break. You're supposed to understand this shit with your gut. Not that's why I'm the wisest. Um, no, the, the, it's a, you're not supposed to process this shit with your fucking. If you're having a debate on Twitter about like what, oh, so you can make fun of his hair? It's like th th think lower in your body about this and what you know that Bill O'Reilly meant when he responded to her saying the president's a criminal by going like her hair looks like James Brown. <laughs> like it, I mean, think if you it's, don't know that yeah. that's racist, then it's like the the we don't need to have a debate. It's, right. it's, it's, it's the customer's always right. It's it, it's all it, it's all dog whistle too. Like someone like Bill O'Reilly, who's a professional piece of shit, has these these viewers that know their way of life is 
on is waning. They're selling. It makes them feel better for ten minutes. It's like, like what Obama. The eight years they were addicted. Like Bill O'Reilly could just get on and dog whistle very lightly yeah. about race. So they're like, well, the president in uh, jive was uh, the thing. Exactly. It's like just like like that wasn't a very subtle dog whistle. I'm not good at it because I don't see the world through that lens. I, I saw our commander in jive was at the summit today. Um, but 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 it was like it was for eight years. The mythology that was selling was, you're poor, you're at home, you're watching TV, your problems aren't getting solved. There's a black president. It was an easy dot. To, it was like having a wicked stepmother. Like, like, and and then okay, let's now the big story is let's have an election, and that was fun too. And then it was like the the hope and change night. Then the next day, it felt like. We all just started making paper airplanes and hanging out. Like, and then there was a lot of like, rah, 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 tea party, this, rah, rah. but like, this is different because it's like they won and then they're like, and I'm still mad, of course. About what? <laughs> mad about you not accepting my anger. I mean, well, I don't accept your anger because you won. Well, yeah, yeah, snowflake. Yeah, <laughs> they're amped up. Oh yeah. And I mean, so when he see he 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 knew he's he's like I'm gonna say something a little itty bitty racisty, and it's gonna then we're yeah. gonna have a conversation about hair. I and mean, we've all seen how many videos have we seen of someone in a store being horrible, and the punchline for them is this is why I voted for Trump. Like right. I've seen I'm, I can't stop watching these things. Honestly, stop me, please. Matt, did did. Those people that he helped to change, is there a number on that? That number goes up and down. It's sort of like a fishing story. It's hard to, it's hard to <laughs> clock, you know. Two dozen, 40, some article had it at 200, which I think is way high. Did they go on to do his work? Like, did they recruit? You know, some, uh, some of them do. The guy who's at the end of the movie, Scott Shepard, who was a Grand Dragon and now is sort of an activist, he texts me, like, you know, that he's working on this guy or this other guy. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely um, propagating itself on some level. Is it, I, yeah, one like really deep. Yeah, like how many of them make friends with him? And I'm asking for more data that you're going to say is like up and down. But 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 like that's another question. Is like do they make friends with him and then 30 years later go? My back hurts. I can't be racist anymore. Here, take my grand wizard cloak. Like does that count? <laughs> I mean, I, I think it all counts. But like some of it is that I think that. Uh, I would uh, analogize it to like being in a crime family, like you know all of your your kids' friends' parents are also part of it. If you're a grand dragon, you get paid dues. I mean, it's part of your financial structure. It really has to uproot your life to change it. Yeah, but then so you can get a job as a grand dragon. You can supplement your income for cool. sure. That's a- um, uh, <laughs> Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Oh, well, not everybody can get a job as a dragon. <laughs> But, but I mean, there's I, a loophole. I'm from, I'm from Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the, the the one in the movie in the purple robe has been has been murdered since the film. So there is at least one vacancy. But do you think? For, uh, <laughs> you think that was politically motivated? Was he murdered for? I, it was apparently his his um, his wife who he was leaving and her biological son. Missouri. And they, yeah, and he died yeah, on the same day as Prince, which is fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, like don't even. No, not that at day. all. Leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, they they po- they poisoned him so he'd be docile, and then shot him for good measure. Is my understanding of it? Whoa, yeah. okay, he was absolutely <laughs> very like, thorough. Oh God. Um, 
Yeah, and I will say one thing to myself in response to that comment about like, oh, do they just get old and they're too old to be racist? But from my experience, not to say that my family has any uh, old racists in it, but but uh, like from my experience, you if you don't getting older makes you more spiritual. It doesn't tend to make you more progressive. Like, it, it, you know, it's not just something to do because you're old. Like, I, I, I find myself uh, a little more God fearing every pound I gain. And uh, <laughs> you know, every time I get in the elliptical, I just like genuflect a little bit. But 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 and, and, and there's that kind of thing. No atheist in a foxhole. And what is life? But uh, 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 God is at war with us. He's killing us. And uh, uh, we tend to anyways. But uh <laughs> But you don't, you don't, you kind of double down. I, that's my experience yeah. is like you go to your grave without intervention going like, ah, dying. And by the way, I'm so glad there's no black people in my room that I'm dying in because they'd probably steal my death. <laughs> Even the death. Um, yeah, you know. I have a new project I'm working on that sort of links into this and a factor that all these countries where uh, they have populist regimes that come to power, uh, an aging population is like the number one factor. People are more afraid. They want to hold on to what they have. They're more willing to listen to convenient lies. Everything young is like, I mean, these guys, give me a break. Like the things that they say and tweet, like I'm starting to get like, uh, I'm like, (laughs) I shake my cane at them all the time. Everything young to to the older you get, it's like a threat. Steve Martin made that hilarious joke when he hosted the Oscars. (laughs) I love to introduce the young filmmakers, uh, uh, or I I don't know, God damn it, I can't tell a fucking joke to save my life. Uh, I, I always, I always love to meet the young filmmakers in Hollywood because they remind me of my death. <laughs> uh, something like that. Uh, but it's, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. Is like, hey, your old young people seem a little bit like poison ivy to you. Sure. Like, like they just feel icky. Like they feel like they're pushing you off the earth. <laughs> I tried. Look, I tried to do the same shit when I was your age. Don't bring it. We deserve it. We ain't doing shit with the earth anyway. Come on, young people. Y'all can have this motherfucker, man. It's all polluted and shit. You can't smoke inside anymore. You can fucking have it. <laughs> Brandon and I were having a conversation about this at the airport lounge when we went to Chicago and we were talking about, you kind of boiled it down to, well, we have a biological panic inside of us because we're descended and some of us are descended from areas where if you had an orange in your hand, it made the difference between whether your kids could live or die. And we're like, we're kind of biologically reacting to that. I don't know. like I could be... This is this is paranoid, uh, but there's a little there's this crazy thing where you're like, if you look at the world, you notice that the population of white people is like way up high in the hills. It's like Canada, United States, and then over Africa and India and shit. There's like white people, but all the good shit is close to the equator. It's where all the oranges and the fruit and like the the life and the dance and the fucking carnival, butt naked, beautiful black women. <laughs> are dancing in the streets and it's crazy. So if you lived up there in those places that are closer to the cold and you heard that there was a world that was warm and it was, it was, there was a lot of fruit and there was, there was not as much disease potentially, you would, no, you can keep your orange, thank you. <laughs> God damn it, Michael, nice I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> this motherfucker heckled me with fruit. Yes. Um, 
but I think that if you if you say a noun, he produces it. He's like remember, try something pussy. else. Yeah. <laughs> Two pussy. <laughs> Uh, I think that the world, I think the world would look different to you because you're from a place where maybe it's barren. So you see these people down there and you're like, they're not actively managing their resources. We're starving. How can we get their shit? And if you look at it on a map, it looks like the people who live up here who don't have food and warmth are coming down to get the shit in South America and Africa. So what our thing is, is to sort of say, welcome. (laughs) There's enough food for all of us. (laughs) <laughs> come on down here but we've been waiting for you we're not worried about dying out but if you live up in these places you come from these places you're like fuck my numbers are decreasing right. I can't have the United States become Mexican and black and Asian I followed the, a mammoth down here that's right <laughs> I busted my ass and, and I have I don't have a lot of fucking resources when it comes to things that keep me healthy so I can negotiate with these people and try and get the shit that they have hot peppers and red fruits and orange fruits and yellow fruits or I can just swoop down and take that shit. If my numbers were failing, if black people were becoming extinct, I might try to steal all your fucking oil. <laughs> I might try to take all your land. I don't know. If you believe if you're in that, that you're part of a, a genocide. If, if you feel like your people are dying out, which is kind of how the thickest of the, the racists feel. They feel like abortion is bad because you're fucking up our numbers not because we don't believe in a woman's right to choose or that bullshit has nothing to even do with that they're like you are fucking with our sheer numbers it's a billion chinese we got to catch up y'all italian families y'all irish families ain't doing your jobs <laughs> but if you think like that then yeah it does make sense that yeah. this tribe would be warrior like but our job is to beat you to the punch and sort of be like Hey, man, there's enough shit for everybody. Stick around. I'm invested in your survival just like I want you to be invested in mine. I like, I like, that, I like that model the best because it, it acknowledges this thing that like nags at me when I look at the world and I just feel like empirically <laughs> you could just observe the fact that if there's one accurate thing you could say about genetics it's that white people are so good at racism like, like, like they're just gifted at it and um, and I just like I don't want to believe that that's genetic but but at the same time if you go purely egalitarian and go like well we're all exactly the same um, then you are this then you you have to be subjected to this world that keeps telling you you're wrong about your your decidedly rational belief that everything's flat and even and and the nice different split is like well, maybe there's a couple millennia of like what my therapist would call kind of like tribal memory and shit like there's like there's it's not really genetic as much as it is like kind of just i don't know there's like some other field of storage and that that will burn out um well, yeah there's, there's nothing you often hear too that you know when you're used to things being um completely disproportionate equality feels like you're losing and I think there there is a fair we've all had those moments like where have you ever like take like I don't know you're at a party and somebody says hey we should all get high and just hang out and like and, and then like I don't know something weird happens like 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 somebody says what if we all uh, got pizza and like took off all our clothes and put it in a bucket um, and you're like 23 and you're like oh, I've never done this drug before and pizza sounds good and 
I, I just moved here from Portland and I, I, I don't even like these clothes and everyone's taking them off. And then like, they, like, we all have these like moments, like, like these random social experiments where somehow there's like, like sometimes you like fight this roller coaster ride where you take off all your clothes, you put it in the bucket with everyone else's clothes. The pizza comes. Someone else is in the bathroom and uh, you run your credit card for the pizza, but you're all high. And it's all like, and then there's just this moment where you have these, like, as much as you were into the whole clothes in the bucket and the, everything, it's equal. You have this paranoid flash of, oh my God, I'm being fucked over. Like, everyone here hates me. I'm a dork. They're laughing at me. That's why they, they, they all have beautiful bodies. That's why they want their clothes in the bucket. I was like, they wanted to look at, I look like Paul Giamatti, and I'm now, I'm, now I'm buying all their food, and they're fucking each other in the bathroom, and they probably have more drugs that they're not sharing with me, and you just start to lose your mind. That, that's not a story that actually happened to me. There's no such thing as a... No. That, that's, that's so specific, it has to be autobiographical. There's, there's a lot of detail in there. Dan, where was the, where was the clothes bucket party? Well, you know what? Come to, I mean, actually, Who, was a, how, how big is the bucket? All the clothes could fit in one bucket? I, I stitched some elements together there. There was a girl I went out with once that I knew took it. me to a party. I knew it! I fucking, we were there! We were, we were at the party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the underwear party? No. Yeah. No. Uh, it's all I, great. I, 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 we, we, we would never put our clothes in a bucket, Brandon, would we? <laughs> I briefly went out with a girl once who was like into yoga and she was uh she was she was very attractive and and I was uh lonely and I, I but she was also really nice and like open and like emotionally like mature and I you know we'd go to dinner and I'd go like well I don't know I feel like sometimes I need to grapple with you know, I feel like if you have good luck on Monday then you're gonna get cancer on Tuesday and she'd go like have you ever experimented with maybe just having gratitude for what you have and it's like, gratitude huh I like it. Ah, wah, wah, wah. I like it. Ah, gratitude. And I, and I, you know, and we'd go to the beach and she'd be like, I like that you don't want to uh, go in the ocean and do yoga. I'm going to do some yoga. Is that okay? Yeah, all right. Everybody does whatever they want. That's what's great. And she'd do like yoga. And like, ah, everything's going great. And then I just, you know, it was only a couple dates and we went to a party together. And then it was like she, all her friends that grew up in her neighborhood were at the party and they all had gone to the same high school or whatever they their version of high school was like probably some academy or something and it was like all of a sudden and they and I was like oh they're all rich and and and, and then and like and then they were like and then somebody brought over a box of underwear and they all were like dancing and I was like yeah dancing is fine. I do it at weddings but I like getting high I'll sit here and get high and then I was the only one sitting and getting high and then everyone was dancing and then somebody brought over a box of underwear and they're all like, let's all put on the underwear. Not over our clothes. That's not how you wear it. They all took off their clothes. So they, and they all looked like Ken and Barbie dolls and they were all rich and they're all sexy and they all did yoga and I was a fat guy sitting on the balcony with a joint in my mouth and I was just like, fuck all these people, fuck them. <laughs> they fucking lied to me. They tricked me. It's just like fucking grade school. It's just like everything. They would laugh at the fat guy. What if I, oh, if I, I'm, too, I'm so fat I can't dance? What are you doing? This isn't a custom. Get everyone put on under. Who brought a box of underwear? I, I was wondering about that. <laughs> and you should have got naked and fucked them up. You should have put that belly on them. My point is that it's, it's at those junctures when you start to risk melding with people. 
that you're at the height and you should be. It's the, it's that weird thing of like a Ouija board or a or like some game you'd play at a party where you're like, okay, so you know we're gonna reach out. I'm gonna we're both gonna do this thing or or like I or yeah the uh, stiff as a board thing. I'm gonna fall back and everyone catch me. It's like just that thought that gets in your head of like, boy, this could all be leading up to them. Them just letting me hit the floor, and wouldn't that be a gas for them? And you hear stories where that's that's happened to some people in this room. You were at a sleepover, and you played the game where you trust fall, and someone it was like either a mistake or it was actual fucking targeting. You hit the fucking floor, and you, I mean, you probably don't even know how traumatic it was. You probably think that, that you probably tell that story to your friends and go, and that, and that's when I was like, I knew that was going to happen, and I'm more into Linux than uh, I thought it was. <laughs> and these people just are going to keep on uh, debating between Mac and PC, and I'm like, off the grid. And, uh, <laughs> and, but, but, but what really, it's like, and, but you're always going to be dealing with, like, I can't believe they fucking did that to me. It really hurt me inside and out. Anyways, but it's like, that, that, yeah, racism. <laughs> I mean... I mean, just to, just to bring it back around, you know, um, isolated isolated people are who who falls for this stuff in general. Like that's the common theme. These are people that are isolated uh, geographically and personally, and they find belonging through through these ideas. Prisoner's dilemma. Yeah, that's what cops do. They separate you. They come into your room and they say, "Your buddy says you're a fuck up. You did you rob the bank? The, you've the isolation makes you manipulatable." That's exactly right. And so now we have this internet, and it's like now we're at this age that none of us could predict. Where it's like, how do we have an internet? And the historical headline of this era of political history is fake news. <laughs> the idea that, and it's not just the idea that Breitbart is fake news or that Breitbart calls MSNBC fake news. It's the idea that we can believe that there. We, we've never been more polarized in terms of the information sure. that we're receiving. How is that? That's no one would have predicted that the internet would have caused that, but it makes sense because it's a trust fall exercise, right. and we're in a spasm of, are you going to fucking drop me? What happened? What is there a and bat the, over my head or something? What? Wait. Where is the spider? I, no, no, no. Oh, God. Okay. All right. This, what, Jesus what's Christ! I thought it was on my head. She, she she reached up with a beer can and put a spider a in it, and then just fucking can. like like grabbed a spider with a beer can, right? <laughs> Which means she brought it in. <laughs> I, I I thought. Oh. <laughs> you should have given him an orange. <laughs> That was a, but you reached up behind Michael. You don't realize she she put this Dr Pepper. Don't give her the spider. Fucking, she put this Dr Pepper can above your head and caught a spider that was about to land on your hat and saved your life. I mean, let's give her. Come what, on, what, what, seriously. What? Come on now. What's your name, madam? What's your name? Madison. Madison. Come on stage, just, just so we have a woman on stage for once in our lives. Uh, um, I think I know Michael's first time travel question. It's, did this Madison bitch come back in time to ruin my life? With all the spider maps? Yeah, uh, I don't, don't get that spider can. Oh, no, no, no! Brandon just drank the spider. He just drank the spider. 
I mean, I, that brought back a lot of the themes uh, about <laughs> taking care of each other and about women doing the, the heavy lifting in this scenario. So, so, so Madison, uh, d- describe the spider and its descent over Michael's head. Uh, well... <laughs> Uh, it was really small and translucent, and it was going down, and then it went back up, and then down, and then up. And then How many times would you say it went up and down? <laughs> Madison. Maybe four. Amazing, Jeff. Amazing. And, but, but like, like a ninja, you, you use Dr. Pepper, an empty Dr. Pepper can, to just harvest it. Like, amazing. Was that your first time? I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe. No, it appears you've gone with a passive ombre. Uh, how do you feel about that? It's gorgeous. Oh, um, I, I like it. <laughs> how, long I had, it. how long had you been thinking about that? Um, it's a while ago. Madison, Madison uh, this is the first time I've ever seen Brandon Johnson nervous. <laughs> he's fucking, he's losing his cool right now. He's losing his cool. He, he, he just saw a woman uh, save a dude from a spider attack, and now he's, uh, he's a little ill at ease. Will you beat up my sister for me? <laughs> Madison? Madison? Can I call you Madison? Madison? Oh, shit. Uh, Madison, are you, uh, uh, do you live in Los Angeles? Yes. Do you- Uh, <laughs> there was a weird I, reaction. Uh, I, 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 I know that guy's on a ledge, but I'm going to ask a follow-up question. <laughs> I, I hope he's cool with it. Uh, uh, are you uh, going to school? Me? Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm done school. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Done. Yeah, uh, Madison, uh, get the mic right up to your mouth. It's, 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 we have a hard time here. I'm not in school anymore. <laughs> <laughs> where, where did you go to school and what did you study? Um, Loyola University, Chicago. Oh, wow. Um, in Woo! communication. So you're, you, are, are you a Jesuit? I am not a Jesuit, personally. But, <laughs> but that's a Jesuit university? It is, yes. I went to a Jesuit university. Oh, I dropped out of freshman year. I was a journalism major. Can't really be a major in your freshman year. <laughs> Took the same class as everyone else. <laughs> Fancied myself a journalist. Uh, the, uh, what, so, so you were in Chicago. So, you're, uh, how long have you been out of school? You just came out to LA to ply your dream trade. Uh, no, I've been here for four years, and I graduated in 2011. All right. Yeah. So, what's the dream trade? Um, I moved here for screenwriting, but now I'm working at a VR company you know, as an art director. Seems like a good move. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Justin Roiland, the uh, creator of Rick and Morty, is uh, it's 9/11. Uh, Make a wish. Uh, Justin Roiland is the 9/11 of, uh, of uh, creators. He's really into VR. There's like like he's like con- I mean I mean he's like. It seems dumb to say. He's convinced it's the future. It probably is. Uh, he's speaking at that thing. Yeah, I work for them. Yeah, yeah I you work, work for, for the them. conference. At- so, <laughs> Justin's just speaking there, but I work for them. So, 
<laughs> and nobody gonna fuck with you, Madison. What aspect of VR are you as, uh, specializing in? Um, I'd like to do content creation. J- like, like as a writer, like 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 uh, like yeah, oh, I have an idea for a VR story or game or something like that. Not like coding and like all yeah. that crap. Yeah, creative development. So what do you think? What have you noticed as a writer going into VR? Because I look at it and I just go like, oh shit, we're in trouble. Like <laughs> because it kind of defies the whole three act structure and things. Not well, maybe not that, but in the sense of like, it seems like writing is going to become more bulk. Why am I, I, I ask you, I'm, what have you noticed? What am I, why do I always have to be such a smarty pants? Um, I think it'll just uh, develop a new form of storytelling, and it'll be a way to make things seem, to create a totally new reality. Do you think, though, that, so then the right, what does the writer's job become if we're create if the new form of storytelling is that someone puts on a helmet or a pair of, hopefully, something lighter and wireless, um, the, 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 they put these things on and then they're in a different world. So the things that someone has written, they need to be even more so than we've seen in video games. Like the writers can no longer just control what happens when writers need to actually just fill barrels of information about characters and things. So, all right, I guess I am a smarty pants, (laughs) but is that, are you looking forward to that? Do you think that's more fun? Um, I think it's really exciting. Um, I think that it'll open up uh, storytelling to a lot of nif- different people that wouldn't normally have a voice in it. Yeah. And I think that people are sort of programmed to answer in certain ways. Like when you go to a grocery store, it's like, how much is this? Okay. Right. You know, whatever the, you have almost like a script already. So when you program things to be that way, then you can kind of tailor reactions based on a more, um, it's like a reality. So it's like if you make it, if you make certain rules for the world that you're in, then you can um, create a totally new reality based off of these scripts that we already have. So if I'm watching like Fast and the Furious, what is it, 10, 20 now? It's 25. So is there a way, is there a way I could just like hang out with Vin Diesel's butt the whole movie? Yes. That's the thing that would be amazing is like crowdsourcing writing so that like you watch, you have like you, your point of departure is actually a movie that's on rails, an experience that's on rails. And that, but then, then people keep building it outward as if it's a town because like, it's like, like the way that old Western towns are built. They, you went from the saloon to the uh, horse, <laughs> horse store. I don't know. Um, the, the, and, 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 and then you, it built out and out and out and out. And then there's a, so that you could, the, that would be interesting that it's like, Oh, you put on this helmet and you experience like, Oh, this, this guy got caught cheating, uh, by his wife and they're having this conversation. This is a cocktail party. And so you experience the whole thing, but then, or like, or even I was like, Vin Diesel and the rock are going to steal cars for the government. Okay. Well, well, then you do it. But then that idea that like, Oh, okay. A team of writers that knew that someone was going to say, I'm going to stay here with Vin Diesel's butt. <laughs> and that, and that that was ex- as exciting to a curative type of writer who was like, 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 because we see that in fan fiction, like, 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 like there's a, there's a writer for every crevice, you know, like someone, someone was like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so I'd to like speak. to shake that man's hands. So that you end up going into these experiences of Fast and the Furious 35,000 is actually, the virtual experience is more of a sandbox. Like, well, there's this thing that goes on where Vin Diesel and The Rock steal some cars, but but people talk about stories as if they're real life. There's no distinction. They say, because that's how our life isn't real anymore. We say, 
hey, have you, uh, oh, are you a foodie? Have you eaten at uh, Cabbage and Dick's? Uh, they bring a cabbage and a, and a dick, and it's like, it's an antelope penis, but it's like, it's, it's filled with antioxidants, and then they bring this butter, and they make it by the table, and you have to make your own butter, and if your butter's better than theirs, you can put it on the dick. Um, it's like, none of it's real. Like, it's not like, it's like, meanwhile, in Lebanon, I don't know what's coming up. But, 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 but like, so we're, we're given, we're capable of experiencing an entire artificial world. So we would actually end up saying to each other, I would be not in a real room. I'd be talking to you guys. And then we'd say, Hey, have you guys, have you guys been to, have you guys watched Fast and the Furious, but then hung out in Vin Diesel's ass crack? It's amazing. Cause at midnight, Duncan Trussell comes in. <laughs> And he's been doing this improv show where he's a character that steals a car out of his ass crack, and they're like, we're doing this hacking thing. I don't know. know. It would be cool to see people get different awards for different storylines. So, like, you'd get an Academy Award for the Vin Diesel butt thing, but not the movie. Yeah, well, it'd be be interesting. It almost seems like we would give awards 30 years from now. We'll give awards to engineers who... um, fooled us into thinking we had free will. There you go. Like that'll, they'll go like, oh, this guy is like this genius or lady. Um, and, uh, wow, it's not even funny anymore. Because I've played like, I've played games like, like where I thought, you know, oh, I'm making these choices and I'm having all this anxiety about Gwynefer versus uh, whatever uh, the what's the the, the 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 Witcher three like storylines. I was like, ah, oh, like the brunette's being so mean. I'm gonna, but and then I was like, wait, this could be totally on rails. And like you, if you, like you said, a trip to the grocery store, like there's laws you don't even know you're able to break because you're so given to just like staying in lanes. But but at the same time. You could create a situation where people feel like a rebel for buying Lucky Charms, and it's really fucked up. Like we're all gonna, we're all gonna, we're all fucked. I'm glad you said that. It, for a minute, it wasn't dystopian enough. I yeah, it's, I, it's, it's just it scares me because also it seems like well then nobody's gonna go. Oh, Dan Harmon did such a good job on anything, you know? They'll still say that. Ah. They'll be like, if you go out to the dumpster in the Lucky Charms Vin Diesel ass crack thing. Like there's this Steve Bannon guy and he just if you push his left nipple, he gives you a recipe for carrot cake. Oh. It's Dan Harmon. So meta. The carrot cake recipe is a show. Sad. Isn't it kinda like Westworld? It's like Westworld, Michael. Let's have, let's, have, let's have Michael come up and ask his time travel questions. Can we, so, so let's let's. Madison, Please give a round of applause to Madison. Thank you, Madison. For, Madison. Madison was sent through time to save Michael from a poisonous spider, so that he could ask time travel questions. He, okay. For, for the listeners, he has a clipboard, uh, a binder, and now a sheet of paper with some yeah. handwritten notes on it. It was a really heavy folder, too. Like, I could hear it. Yeah. Everyone's having emotional flashbacks to that guy with the, that had his own political party. Anybody? <laughs> but my, Michael has but probably... wasn't that a great show? <laughs> All right, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Michael has made fantastic beer for me uh, before, so I support him already. Several times. And he gave me a whole joint. I mean, I guess that doesn't affect and you, I but it's nice leg. of him. You gave me a mannequin leg. I did. He, oh, he also gave me a, a mani pedi in the parking lot when I came in. You guys have so much fun. 
All right, Dan. But I feel like the gift of the mannequin, like, wasn't it kind of like you were like, oh, I got to give a thing. And it was like, it was, it was a little bit of a, was it like, it was like receiving the mannequin, like, like, t- like took something out of me. Did it? It's just my emotional memory. Maybe I'm conflating okay. it with someone else. Well, but you I think had asked for it the week before. You told us the terrible story about how, how your mannequin leg was destroyed. So the week later, I, br- I, I brought a replacement for you. That's not all I tried to do. Don't, don't buy into this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a person, Dan. That's, uh, no, I, I, I apologize for poisoning the well. They, they, right. they don't like me anyway, so, so <laughs> blank slate. You gave me a joint. You left a note. Time travel questions. Here we go. All right. If you sent yourself an email. I gave you that scoop, too, Dan. If you sent yourself an email and you time-stamped it for a thousand years in the future, would you arrive at, like, in this moment? If you sent it right now, would it be there in a thousand years? Like, in that moment? Don't look at me. <laughs> I didn't do this. <laughs> we, we, we've we've awake, awakened the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> That's really just a technological question about, you know, what happens to email when you timestamp it. But I was curious of Dan's opinion of that. Is it is well, it is it about email or is it are you are you basically asking are we uh, does time travel work in a, a back to the future way or in a well, like Rick and Morty you, way? If you sent the email and it arrives there instantly, if there was some way to technologically piggyback on that and send something backwards? You can't say technological, man, piggyback. First time. First time for everything. Technological piggyback. (laughs) I am a chemical engineer. What do you work on? Snot. (laughs) Snot, snot. Uh, Don't even. The the super state of this isotope has what we call a (laughs) samesies rule. Michael, we have time for one more. We have time for one more question. <laughs> well, I didn't even answer. No, I want to parse this. Okay. Uh, okay. So I'm sitting at my laptop. I have a time machine waiting over there. Right? It's going to take me into the future. Or am I th- throwing out this? Off? You're just emailing yourself in the future. Okay. So and I'm, you're going to live forever. Dan. When you say timestamp, you mean uh, like like I'm I'm able to I'm I'm marking this email. It it it's, it's right now. You write an email. And it arrives a thousand years from right meow. Did you just say meow? <laughs> Am I a cat? Is this a guerrilla marketing <laughs> I, for? Uh, I heard, I heard Spencer. Meow. Super uh, troopers. Spencer. Super I, I think this is a Spencer question. It's, it's, well, he clearly said he only wants Dan's take on this. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, 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 I think this, this, only, this seems like your bailiwick. Like you, that you would know what. I still going don't on even here. understand the question, and it'll go faster if you I explain bet, it I, to I me. I bet Spencer does, or at least he knows how to, how to break well, it down. He has now asked two separate questions, and the third time he's attempted to ask it, I don't think he got to the meaty part of the question. He just posed the hypothetical, what if you sent an email? What if you sent an email, then what? If you could find a way, if you timestamped it for a thousand years Uh from right now, if you found a way to send information back, Mm -hmm. I mean, 
This motherfucker yeah. want to know Wouldn't how I email mean works. Could you imagine <laughs> the power of that? Like, could you, yeah, it would be crazy if you could send information back in time. You didn't even I know, know the how, first part. I know how dumb that sounds. <laughs> I know how dumb that sounds. All right, let's let's do a second time travel question. I, we we have time. For, we for only have time more. for fourteen more questions. <laughs> fourteen more. All right. We were gonna learn something from Madison. <laughs> Madison was talking about the real future. The real future. The thing is. If Madison, if Madison didn't save him from the spider, th- this might never have happened. Might never have happened. Alternate timelines. Bring that spider back around. <laughs> where's, where's that Dr. Pepper can? <laughs> all right. The darkest timeline. All right. This is where it all started, all your timelines, down. Okay, lay, mm-hmm. lay down. All right, so do you know how torrenting works? Torrenting? Yeah. I may have... Uh, <laughs> Procured a few copies of Photoshop 6 in my 20s. Sans authorization. Let's just say Adobe lived to appreciate my tutelage. Free market always finds a way. LimeWire. That's all I know, but that's all, that's all. It's like I use LimeWire to download a couple of uh, Lincoln Park songs, and uh... <laughs> all right, and then got a massive so, second time time travel question. So the way torrenting works, it okay, all right, sir. It, it puts a bunch of pieces together, right, you know, and then makes one full copy for each seeds. User. Yeah. <laughs> if if you set if you set a computer. To do that infinitely, could you start making TV shows that haven't even been played yet? Because every week when a new episode comes out, everybody just puts together these pieces that nobody's had all those pieces together before. And then what if you just sent a computer to do that an infinite number of times when you eventually start creating content that had never existed? Yeah, the monkeys type in Shakespeare. Fox, Fox does a version of this, don't they? I guess I, that is that is basically the million monkeys thing. Plus, you'd have to. Well, the thing that they never they always leave out of the million monkeys t- typing Hamlet thing is that a million monkeys wouldn't eventually type Hamlet. A, a, infinite monkeys would eventually type. What, well, there is no eventually because they're infinite. They would they would have Hamlet within them <laughs> because they'd all do random things. That's the that's the that's the. It's like you'd have to. Someone would have to aggregate a torrent. For a TV show that didn't exist, and uh, yes, if you had infinite torrent seeds, torrent clients, uh, and they all just generated random data, infinite, which is the key. Uh, yes, you could. It, it, you would then have to know what the TV show was in order to aggregate it, which kind of defeats the purpose. Because if you know it, then you then have you seen it. it or it exists. Okay. But if you did know what it was, would would infinite torrenters be able to randomly torrent a TV show? Yes, it's the infinite monkeys making okay. Hamlet. Let's hear from Michael, everybody. Michael, we did it. We saved the day. We solved the future. Should have let a spider eat him. <laughs> Let's bring out Steve Agee, everybody. Steve Agee. I want to get my AG on, I want to get my AG on, I'm going into the AG rain. Thank you. Oh. Nice suits, assholes. <laughs> oh. 
right? <laughs> Spencer, you with yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice long pants, you fucks. Oh, wait, that's yeah. not cool. Yeah. Because I wear shorts. Oh, we were on the same side. I'm escalating. Hey, what's, sh- what's up, Steve? How you doing, man? I'm all right. I, you know, I want, I've wanted to say something for a long time. There was an episode you did like a couple years ago that you talked about something that I cannot stop thinking about. The idea of shitting someone else's oh, pants right, when yeah. you die. Uh, yeah. Can't stop thinking about it. Wait, wait, I think wait, about wait, it at least twice wait, a week. Wait, wait, you, could, you could wish... That, you, that as an evil power. When you die, that you g- shit someone else's pants. And that would basically be like because because of the retroactive social effect would be if you're Donald Trump with a 33 percent approval oh. rating, you're looking at a lot. You're you're gonna tend to you're like everyone that dies is gonna choose me. I'm gonna be unable to leave the White House. Well, that, that's why that's why he left the roommate without signing the, the executive order. Uh, he clearly has a shit. <laughs> that, that was the guy. Like I, I just made I just made chocolate poopies. I have to get out of here. But you just have guys like him would just be floating in dune tanks full of sh- sanitized shit. It'd be like they'd invent a chemical that turned shit into diamonds, but it emitted a fume that only killed Hispanics. You know, like like they they just it would be and it would be like stop shitting in 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 Donald Trump's pants. You're not part of the solution. <laughs> Dan, I think you're being pessimistic. <laughs> Can I tell you guys one thing that I that I saw watched with Cody? We've been on this Dahmer trip, uh, like like. <laughs> So Cody and I are both writers. We're, 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 you know, it's like I, I, you know, we don't like. We're not gonna. It's hard to watch other people's stuff. Like, like, like. Okay, fine. I finally found somebody that admits. Like, it makes me feel less petty that she agrees. We, we watch a lot of true crime stuff. We're like, oh, this person's being murdered. This person's being eaten. So we had a little, little bit of a Dahmer kick. And, and there's not a lot of quality Dahmer films out there. Uh, that, like, like you go quickly from the documentaries about him to the like uh, uh, docudramas. And uh, one of them is called Raising. Jeffrey Dahmer and it's uh, it's told from the perspective of his father and so you're like oh wow that's an interesting uh, idea and you rent it and it's like a $20 movie I mean the budget was $20 uh, and it's for real it's like as you wrote that as a sketch it's exactly what you'd write as a sketch it fades into the guy like looking through a microscope because I guess his dad did that at work and then the phone rings and it, and it goes like <laughs> well, he's like looking at the thing. I was like, the phone rings, and he goes like, "Dahmer." <laughs> it's all sing song, like zippity doo dah. Like, raising normal kids is my game. Dahmer's my name. Like nothing. Walking on cloud nine. Ordinary world. You called the world of common day. No thresholds crossed. That's my motto. Um, Dahmer. Uh, and then he goes, he what? He he ate who? <laughs> the whole body? <laughs> it's, him going, it's, it's like a Bob Newhart bed. He's going, how? Why? Well, what did he? What? Well, I don't know. Well, hold on. I don't know. Well, goodbye. And then he calls another guy. Goes like calls like his Thomas' mother. Is what goes. Martha, the police just called me. 
They said that Jeffries had been arrested. Something about a murder. I don't know. That's what I asked them. And he just keeps going. Then another person calls and goes like, hello? What? Multiple people? Like, <laughs> like they're, it's just, it's like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead if Hamlet was about ooh, clearing an apartment of 17 corpses. If he, that's all that happened in Hamlet, this is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern he, he are dead. So it's, he found a corpse movie. in the what? <laughs> and he put him 16 in 16 people? And he just keeps, uh, at one point he goes I mean, home. He, he lives in a one-bedroom apartment, Martha. I, I, I mean, lo just logistically, that seems strange. <laughs> at one point he goes home, and then he goes through the uh, reporters, and they're going like, Mr. Dahmer, what, why, what about uh, your son eating all the people? And he's like, well, leave me alone. Just leave me alone. This is my home. And he goes in, and he talks to his, his wife, and he goes like, yeah, they're all out there. They, all they want to do is just talk about it. Jeff eating people. Uh, I don't know what's going on, sweetie. I don't know. And then it, they sit on the couch together, and he he picks up the remote for the TV and and turns it on with this determined look on his face. And then the news is talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. And the mind blower is when the news is talking about Jeffrey Dahmer, he reacts. He goes like. Ugh. Oh, and turns it off. Like, well, he was his well, goal was to expecting? watch Dukes of Hazard. He was gonna, he was gonna get his mind off things. His son ate seventeen people. He turned on the. I thought he was doing it to get more information, but he was like perplexed. He's like, what? What? Everyone would get over it. No. Wait a second. It's like a broken record with this, this society. A, it's I, I the know. season finale of Silver Spoons. For fuck's sake. <laughs> My son apparently ate a measurable percentage of the local community and the local news. Who's just all fucking having a field day about it? I don't get it. What are all these reporters? Anyway, I just didn't want. I didn't want to. If I waited two weeks to talk about that, then it'd be like, you guys, two weeks ago I watched this movie, and you would detect. You'd go like, Harmon's a little rusty, but he doesn't have that joy when he just watched something. Does that hit close to home for you? Because that was that's your hometown. Yeah. Wait, what on earth? What in, in the anthrax is going on here? <laughs> Somebody's handing me a note. Oh, no. And she ran out the building? Oh, shit. <laughs> it's gonna blow! <laughs> <laughs> a list of microaggressions. <laughs> we hold these truths to be self-evident. Jeff Davis, you have on the following occasions afflicted, abraded, and otherwise transgressed. The, the feeples. Uh, you just keep talking. I have to. I have to okay. read. Uh, I, uh, I have to decipher serial killer font. In Portland, they don't have dispensaries. Dispensaries have you. Uh, in Portland, they have pot stores. Yeah. In Oregon, of course. I mean, we we worked. We we spent the last two decades like. I mean, we didn't really put any elbow grease into it, but we were like, make it, it's technically medicine. Come on, I'm sick. And I had to go see a guy with a ponytail and a stethoscope and like lie about nausea. Like, I, was, I, I didn't become a pot smoker just so I could lie. Also, they run your, they, 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 if you tell them a thing that you've been told to tell them, they will then question it. Yeah, they'll be and like, becomes, really? And it becomes this bullshit, and at one point you kind of want to be like, hey, motherfucker, you ain't a real doctor no more anyway, bitch. Yeah. 
you wouldn't be here trying to write licenses for weed, motherfucker. What's your story? Yeah. Yeah, what is the you stethoscope shit? for? Right. Like, it's, it's, so, it's protesting so much. Right. The answer why the stethoscope is because the ponytail. And you're unwilling to give up And one. it's awesome to listen to your heartbeat when you're high as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you go into... They, they legalized it. It's not medicinal. It's fucking pot. You just buy it. You're yeah. like there to get high. It's so amazing. You go yeah. in. You give a driver's license. This uh, they sent us. They buzzed us in. You go back. The mason jars and all that stuff. Just like at a dispensary. But there's no pretense of like here's my prescription and here's my thing. You're just like I was like okay. So what do you got in a? I literally did this. Like I, I was like doing it half jokingly, but then it worked. I was like, she was like a, what do you call it? A sommelier or what do you go with the, the sommel, 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 sommelier. 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 Uh, I, 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 a Somalian? Uh, she was like a, she was Somalian. Um, the, the, she, she, I, 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 I said. She boarded I, your ship and took you. Uh, I said, what do you have in a 44 year old walking around Portland? Uh, uh, tends to check his pulse for 20 minutes if he gets too high, but likes the, the, uh, the and as she was like, listen, I was, I was like, yeah. I'm here to do a public radio show, but I, like, I got to be sober three hours from now. But also, I can't get on the plane with too much. But like, also, just just describing, like, like, yeah, I, I didn't vote for Trump, but uh, you know, I'm starting to lose faith in the, the in liberals, and I just feel like nihilistic and anarchistic again. But I don't want to feel that way, and I feel like I've, part of it is emotional exhaustion. She's like removing jars from a group as I. Like, I was uh, like Cody was watching her and she was like I was like was I was I imagining it she's like no she for real was like really listening to you and like down to the last things it was like okay that eliminates that jar and then let me smell just a bunch of pot and then and then I got a joint of that pot and it was great it solved it solved the it was great, yeah. She might have been fucking with me, but... Well, in Portland, that's what they do in Portland. They they make a big deal about, this one's got faux beans, it's made out of lettuce, and this one's full of mint flavor, and it's good for reading. And, like, it's a weird thing. You go in L.A., they, they do that a tiny bit, and it's on the signage, but no one does that. But in Portland, they have cards, and they you know they want to get get your number and stuff. It's it's a yeah. weird... I, I was the language culture. was... I, I swear, I wish I had recorded a me. I was like... Like, I got I, I, it because her, it was so like, yeah. it was, you couldn't write it. And it was like so sincere. And it was like, yeah, all this chestnutty after right. mellow exactly. and a come yeah, this down with lemony. a lift up and, right. a, and a giggle puss and a thing. Soaring cerebral effects. I, I walked into a, if, I, if I've told it before, stop me. I was on the road in Washington state with uh, Ryan Stiles and Greg Proops and like the, the, the Who's Line guys. And we pulled off the road. There was a sign that said, uh, Delhi weed liquor <laughs> it's like a barn in the, in the middle of a farm and we pull off there and Greg's like oh yeah and then it's, 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 it's 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 10 it's exactly 10 a.m. and they had just opened up and we walked in and the, there's like three like 24 year old guys working there and they were clearly just high as Georgia Pines like they, they'd already really gotten it on and the cast of Whose Line Is Anyway walks in <laughs> And 24-year-olds grew up on that because their parents would watch that with them when they were six. <laughs> because that, that was family TV that they could all watch together. And they... Like, absolutely freaked the fuck out. Give them a suggestion. <laughs> Give them a suggestion. 
They must suggest you look it out. I th- they, they forgot to charge us. It was amazing. <laughs> Uh, do we have do we have business? We got yes, we have business. We're doing we're doing our last few shows here at Meltdown. We're going to be permanently moving over to that Starburns location uh, because uh, in three weeks ISIS is blowing up uh, Meltdown Comics. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you, Michael, for giving us that heads up. <laughs> uh, yeah. But we, but we have, we have a lot we have a lot of special alumni guests that are coming on the next two weeks uh, to uh, send us off in grand fashion here. Right? We, are they supposed to be surprises or? Uh, let's keep a surprise. I heard one name and I was like, oh, goody. It rhymes with Fay Menno. It's, it's Jay Leno. Oh shit! Uh, no, it's not Jay Leno. I'm joking. Not, Jay Leno's not coming. Good. <laughs> Boo. Uh, but we'll be doing that, and then we'll be. Yeah, I don't know. Do you guys still care about the tax march? Isn't that happening? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. April fifteenth. We got to do that. I'm exhausted too. I, I no, like, we're like, going. We're doing I'm, it. I'm, and hoping we're gonna, the, we're, I'm hoping we're, the march will like awaken something in me because we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do it. I think we should all make signs. All of us make signs and uh, beautiful big signs that say "paid protester." Right. <laughs> but like, really dress up. I use my tax refund on this protest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish there was a way to. I mean, it's like we all look at our crystal balls and we go like, "Well, we already know that they'll just look at record numbers of people flooding the streets of their hometowns and like saying, show us your taxes.'" But it all makes a difference. Cynicism is the biggest tool of any repressive regime. Anything you do that shows your participation, yeah, always because it's not always. him that we're trying to affect. It's the people watching the televisions that are just in mixed company and are like on the bubble or up in the air are confused. So like I, yeah. I couldn't believe you know, the, the women's March was like, we're still riding that wave because it was just sheer numbers and people who get cynical about it, not having an actual effect. Like, I mean, they can, they can kiss my grits. That's right. Even if it, even if it just, mm. that's a hard line, Dan, that's a hard line. Even if it just galvanizes other people that see you doing it, that is something right there. As, as I said before, uh, imagery for this um, illiterate asshole is everything. He, he looks at pictures, he sees them, and they affect him, and it, it, it yeah. bothers him. But it's so the unspo- l- it's Let's the go out and make, make, make pictures happen, because he reads pop-up books for a living. So we, we... <laughs> And it's the undecideds, which is we always joke about that, like how could you be undecided during the election? But it's like more like... Are you undecided between being a Bernie Krat and a and a and a and a neolib or something like that? Like like we're we're coming up on a huge hurricane of stuff and like we need to, to me when I'm like like getting in arguments or watching arguments online, I'm always thinking of the people that are nowhere in sight. They're just the people watching. And 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 that's why I always have to try to remind myself, like, ah, are you the smartest, funniest person in this conversation, uh, or are you the angriest piece of shit that's like like wishing? I see, I'm starting to see these arguments erupting between different factions where people people that would have us believe this is about healthcare uh, and universal healthcare, in fact, meaning they want ostensibly everybody to be healthy, are saying when they don't like the way an argument is going, well, then burn in fucking hell and enjoy eight years of Trump, you piece of shit. And it's like, all right, well, that's bumping up against your universal health care. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not, and I don't want to even like poke I, that hornet's nest. I had a, like, good, a good experience on this last trip we did. We did um, Akron, Ohio, Indianapolis, and Louisville, Kentucky. And um, Akron's a little more red than in, uh, Indianapolis, which actually you can find, like it's kind of blue in, in, in Indianapolis. 
and I had a resist pin on that Greg Proops, like some fan of his gave me, like a little safety pin that had like beads that resist on it. And in Akron, they kind of see it, they notice it, but they, they don't talk about it. Uh, in Indianapolis, people came up and said, thank you, like like awesome. And we did our show, and we banged on Mike Pence because he's from there. Uh, we banged on him hard, and the crowd like almost stood up and fucking cheered. Yeah. Because they, like in Indianapolis, they're like, fuck that guy. <laughs> like, yeah. like, let's, let's go find out where he lives. Oh, he sold his house. Someone else lives there now. But like, let, let, let's still go. Let's but you still know that. I mean, it. like when we yeah. talked earlier about how, oh, the internet is making some people feel like like uh, the, the plague is at their door. And that's where it's a like, crucible for racism and stuff. And that's another thing. is like if that person, that, that mythical construct that person that has been feeling from reading their facebook feed that 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 someone took their job like like they're they're also gonna see like 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 they need to see and and they'll want to dismiss it look like oh look at all those lesbians and biracials like just wanting to take my job and they're marching about it but there's there's people that are in the on the bubble that are in the air that are like you know i feel this pressure i feel like the world's changing and i'm scared of the world and all this stuff and i think that's why it's so important that those signs are really funny and and like the and that there's like like happy looking people out there and it's like and, and, and shit doesn't get fucked up and set on fire my favorite sign was a, was a sign in Scotland during the Muslim ban marches and, and, and they marched in Glasgow and shit and a sign said your ma was an immigrant you absolute roaster <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what a roaster means it's just it's fucking you, you absolute roaster that's well, so you know what a roaster good. means yeah. also at the end of the day the reason that we amass is to show that there are more of us and that you can have 750,000 of us show up very peaceably. Or right. 75 of us show up armed. Right. And at the point that we all start to head out to the town square, the government and people in charge should sort of be like, shit, let, let's go ahead and talk to these people. So one of the reasons you want to go to, you want to go to rallies and you want to go to marches is so that we don't have to be in those smaller numbers having to do fiercer shit. Yeah. Pro- protests scare the establishment. They, they really do. And, and letters and calls and all that shit. It, it's tedious and it's fucked up, but I, I'd rather go out there and be silly and make a, like have a tambourine and be a fucking noisy asshole and do it every goddamn weekend. Anytime you're free and do it because we have an idiot president who hates turning on the TV because it's all he watches. It's all he does. He doesn't read books. He doesn't read the paper. He turns the TV on and if he sees imagery of people all over the country and all over the world mocking him, it, yeah. it, it, it affects him. So, I, I, like, and, and it's like a Dick Clark special. If you're living in a, in a, in a town where you're actually in the, in the minority as, you're, as, a, as a liberal, like, I mean, I, my heart goes out to you and I, I, God knows I haven't done anything difficult during all of this shit. But like, just... You know, just as a suggestion, it's like, oh, there's not going to be 17,000 people in my town flooding into the square. And also there might be a bunch more people showing up and, you know, kind of like glaring at me that are that are on the other side. All the more reason to, like, make your sign funny (laughs) so that so that you have the truth on your side and the humor on your side and the high road on your side. If there's 50 of you and and it's like CNN's still going to cut to that. Yeah. During that morning, and the the image of the little, the little girl holding a sign in D.C. that said "Trump eats farts," <laughs> <laughs> um, like that's that's heavy fucking hitting. <clears throat> what were you gonna say? You're, well, you're, it's just very important to think about who the audience is for. So it's important that you could be funny, but also it should be <clears throat> excuse me patriotic and nonviolent and all those things. Like it should speak to a portion of the country. Mm-hmm. I know it's got all my voice here. It's the worst. Were, were you on a press tour? Like you you you've been talking a lot. 
I have been talking a lot. I've been known to... Or is the clan trying to suppress your words? <laughs> what does jarb mean? Easy, easy. Get off me, devil. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we still have some time left. I, uh, I, Dan, I, um, I don't think we're done with your Gary Busey impression. I, uh, I, think, I think that has to come back, for at least for a moment. I think maybe in rap form, I think that we have to pass it down the line. Maybe right. Gary Busey comes in and does a verse... I'll do a Gary Busey rap just from the top of the shit. Are you ready to rock on that one? Is that what you want? I just wanted to talk I, I, about that weird that, ceremony that Levy did on the sidewalk where they put a oh, cube yeah, on his he head. Got tifled, t- tifelin. Tillman? Millinin? They were trifling with them. Tifelin. Tifelin. I don't know. Tifelin. Levy sent us pictures. Levy was walking down the sidewalk at a, at a Hasidic. Uh, he tied up his arm. It was weird. What? It was like Le- a racial. Levy, grab the mic and break it down for us. This and is, they put this, a. This... Levy, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise. Hello, hello. I, I mean, look at this hair. He just sniped me. Yeah. I was walking down the street in Beverly Hills. He was like, "You're Jewish." I was like. Yeah. He's like, you got to do tefillin. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't, I don't know what to say. So like, I don't, I don't really want to. Did, did, but you, but did, you, did you know what that was? was. That you, you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't. What is? Break it down for the for the goyim. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I, I, I like. I well, remember. It's a yeah, it's like it's certainly it. a mitzvah, <laughs> right? Well, I remember like in college, the rabbi, the local rabbi, knew who I was because my roommate was more religious a little bit, and uh, he introduced me. He was a good guy. Like we went to like a class once where like everyone got to discuss Judaism and God and whatever, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, and everyone would say their thing. It was an open discussion. And he liked having me there because I represented the side that doesn't believe. All right. Um, so you're, say, you're, but, set, you're setting us up. You're saying, ah, he's a character. I'm kind of a secular Jew is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm culturally yeah. Jewish, definitely. Yeah. Uh, like, but I'm not practicing. Right. And But he one, one time in college was like, oh, Levy, come on, come on. You got to do, do some tefillin. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to. The same situation. And he, right. I was in this restaurant on campus. And then there and he, was another guy on the other side of the uh, room, and he's saying, "Like, come on, you got to do, you got to have this thing. It, 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 it's it's really delicious." And then it broke into this argument between the people saying, "Tastes great," to filling. No, it's a, it's a reference to a light beer campaign from the eighties. I it didn't even. I couldn't even. I I, I I can't believe I didn't think of that part. <laughs> I couldn't. I thought it was a thing you did between acts. Like, there's going to be a magician, and then you'll do something to fill in, and then <laughs> another act comes on, and then you'll do another thing to fill in. And... All right, so you're, you were familiar with to fill in. The photos I saw, you yeah. looked like a Hellraiser, like a My... Cenobite. You, it it was, was a, the yeah. black plastic cube it looks, on his it's, head. It's a little wild, yeah. It's not, it doesn't oh, look I, ancient I, at all. It I, looks what the cybernetic. What's to fill in? I've seen the cube before. I didn't yeah, know yeah. Was. It's like yeah. this. I mean, like a Hellraiser cube? Cody just. Cody, Cody described it as like some kind of like S and M thing with like you had straps a belt wrapped and like, around your arm. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like they wrap it around your finger and then yeah, all so the way up. Yeah. So how did up. they start? You said yes, I'll do tefillin, and then and he I, starts wrapping your arm. Or did he, he, he was just like, come on, come on. It takes thirty seconds, and I and I, I I was like, I don't really. And he just kept getting. He got it out, and I was like, all right, well. 
I guess I have to. And then what is the process? Like, what and then the he, okay, so then he 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 like he starts wrapping it around uh-huh. and like and then it stays on your arm in this place. And he's telling he's giving you words to Hebrew words to repeat. It's because it's a prayer, uh, I guess. And then he like wraps around my head and it looks like I this the cube in my head. Yeah. You're and not then, on a public street in this. Yeah, in front of Earth, in front of Earth Cafe, oh, and everyone's man. fucking watching me do this thing. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't know what I'm saying. Did he Hebrew. ever say? And I don't want to. He know, gave me look. a piece of matzah for Passover. Thank you for your fucking tefillin. Here's a piece not, of matzah. That's not like a Dorito. That's not like a treat, right? It's like no a flavorless. It's like a soda cracker. <laughs> You eat it because you can't. You're not supposed to eat. Yeah, you eat it because you can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's that. I'm, I'm saying like I, I like, like Wait, I'm can not. We, I, I, I have a, Jew, a Jewish question. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, nice save. Nice <laughs> save. I, I have a Jew question. I, I don't know. Question. That I'll be able to. I have a question for the Jew on stage. I got a Jew um, question. It, it, let's, let's just have a quick Q and A. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Levy. <laughs> Levy. Wow, that's fucked up, dude. Levy, yeah. an- answer me this. Is my- is there a worse breakfast than matzo brai? What? No, matzo brai's not that bad. Great it's, it's, a- it's eggs and crackers. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? It, this looks, it looks terrible. I've never I, tried it. What, it looks, what about it looks this like a kid, nightmare. This guy in the photo, he looks like he's your age. He's like a young kid. Yeah, he's, he's a like, young He's sitting. Costume. He's yeah. got the whole Indiana Jones hat yeah, and yeah. his suit. And he's yeah. like, he's, and he, so he's like taking you through the thing. I'm not trivial. Yeah, I'm and not, my I'm mom is laughing at me, face. taking pictures like, ha ha, you fucking got But how did you have those pictures? Because the pictures are of you. Yeah, my mom took Oh, your mom. You were with your mom. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. She's the only one laughing right now. Do you think... Did you do it because you were with your mom, maybe? No, I didn't want to do it at all. Was your mom like, that's bullshit? I think even she was, like, uncomfortable, like, oh, I don't... Did, yeah. he, did he try to, to, to filled in her? <laughs> what? No, do, it's do a, women... No, he's not allowed to touch men. her. He has it's to seal men. himself in a... I don't know. Le- okay. Le- Levy, uh, two-part Q&A question. Uh, <laughs> all right. So there's a roving pack of Hasidim that are wandering... It was two young Hasidim. <laughs> and they, they... They had a bag of... And, and Matzahs they, and they and they they pro they profile you as a Jew. I was walking down the street and we went, "Hey, you're Jewish," and I was like, and, and they and they make and you, here's a piece of matzah. Also, now you have to do tefillin because you took it. Like, kind of, oh, that's the worst. Oh, that's like you, when someone gives you their CD and is like, actually, yeah. it's a donation. It's like the ra- yeah, it's like the Raptists on Hollywood yeah. Boulevard or in Times Square. Or something. Oh, they gave you the matzah uh, first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I forgot that detail. I'm that's, sorry, sorry. That's that's fucking blackmail. That's yeah, blackmail. and then it's like, uh, you're gonna give the matzah back? Like, you know, what? I, I it, not to put too fine a point on it. It's uh, it's my sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I just. It, it, I, I'm he just curious. I, 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 I don't want to turn this into like a, a xenophobic dog pile thing of like, what's with you, crazy people? But but no, I, I just saw that that incident on that street. Like that guy was he? Like well, how did you feel about him emotionally as a person? Like I mean, were you like were you mad at him or were, did you feel like no? A I mean, connection? I just would you save a spider so, uh, from going down <laughs> on his head? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I. I like no. compared to like if a panhandler drew you into a fucking word problem or a, yeah, that's kinda someone how, selling a CD. It's kind of how I felt, but because of the Jewish connection, I don't know. Like he was only going for. Was it like? What did you feel? I like felt a violated. Being... I knew I was doing a mitzvah, but I felt violated. But would you say that he was? Would it be? Would it be accurate to say if I was a that he was like? Was it like if you were Catholic, you know, like a lapsed Catholic? Like, right. Like, 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 was so there was was there a guilt? Like, 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 
you know, you didn't want to be a bad. He preyed on my Jew guilt. Right. That was that was present in your head, right? You're like, I'm yeah, doing this because the I'm, entire time I was. I, 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 I didn't know how to say no to the. I mean, I don't know if, if I wouldn't know how to say no to him if I was if he. But the, the if difference is anyone else say, asked me anything, and I, could, and I don't, I probably wouldn't have known how to get out well, of that situation. I, I was but. just doing a show in, uh, in Utah, and there was uh, a couple Mormon guys, and they would make you put on magic underwear. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> True story. Uh, Gary Busey rap. <laughs> The show's almost over, Dan. I mean, did he even... Did, did he say while he was rapping... Because that belt looked like it took so long It was to real rap. tight. Did he ever say, like... It was very precise. He was rapping around. Did he go, thanks for doing this, by the way? <laughs> a lot of people don't do it. No. And of, the funny thing is we went into... It's a tough corner. We went into a store, a co- like, a, like a couple stores down, and then my mom was holding this piece of matzah, and this guy walked in, and he was like, oh, Jesus, he got you, too. <laughs> This guy, but this guy, oh shit! This guy, he walked, he walked in double fisting matzahs, so maybe he did a better job than me. I don't know. And he's know. like, well, by the way, I'm Italian. <laughs> I just haven't had a haircut in a while. I got. Uh, he, he's that religious. What's the end game for this person? That he's saving souls? Or I don't. What's yeah. No, they're. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah tomorrow is the first day of Passover. But so I, he's uh, just having a good time? I, 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 I don't know. I didn't ask him. I I just felt too bad to... I was I was, I was frozen. Well, to give give, give Ornstein a chance as our... I believe they follow the Rebbe in Brooklyn, and it's like a specific thing. They're not... That doesn't. It's not normal Jewish stuff. It's like a very specific thing. Like, you can be raised Jewish as I was, and Tefillin will never come up in, in your in your. Well, yeah, we know it's extreme. Yeah. Like, like, but yeah, I, I think I'm kind of wondering, like, is it a, a, I guess evangelical isn't the right word. It's like that, though, yeah. But it's like, it's like the idea that you're supposed to actually, but it's. Which is anathema to the normal spirit of Judaism. Like, you're not supposed to actively recruit. Right. But so it is a, like when a black dude hands me a rap CD. It's identical to that. <laughs> Like literally the same thing. I'm like, God damn, bro. All right, man. Fuck it. $2,000 laptop, $3 CD. Fucked up. So no, it's like, you know, yeah, it's like waspy white privilege. That's another thing. Like, I never, I would never be walking down a sidewalk. There's nothing that anybody could like ply me with. You know, like not that, that guy would be, like have a swastika. You know, it's like he'd be like, hey, you're not proud enough to be a fucking Midwestern white guy. <laughs> And I'd be like, well, you're not going anywhere with that. Like, I, and I have no problem. You won't be allowed in the restaurant I'm going to. Like, it's, it, well, but, but it's like, it, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's like you can always just the- run away, too. <laughs> you should have just run away. I just sprinted. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I, I could have. Yeah. <laughs> you see what he's wearing? Hey, Zach, Zach, put a beat on, Zach. Yo. Yo. Gary Busey. Rapping. I'm Gary Busey. Rapping. It's made up. But here's the thing. My name is Gary Busey. I'm here to say I fucked your mama in a bale of hay. But I'm Jesus Christ with the spirit. I fucked your mama. She fears it. I, I went inside her head. I came out of her pussy and made bread. I'm rhyming the usual way, but an open mic eagle would say, let go of your crutches. Don't think about your mama. 
I'm Gary Busey. Let's go to the desert. Let's stare at the sun. I fall off a motorcycle. I've just begun. I didn't wear a helmet. Fucked your mama so hard. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Because that's what you think I did, okay? But here's the thing. I'm Gary Busey. G to the A to the R to the Y. I fucked your mama. No, I didn't. S-E-Y. I didn't fuck anybody. Here's why. I'm apotheosized. I'm part man, part God. Gary Busey. First name G, second name B. I lost the rest of the names. You see, if you get beyond language, you start to truly see what you mean. I'm a P, a split P. Half is me, the other half is not me. It's the other half I see. It's a mirror of me, a split pea mirror of me. When I sit in a pool, I think about the sea and all the salt. <laughs> Charles Corral. No, no, I didn't fuck your mama. Okay, go on. Just give me a second. I'm going to bring it all home. We talked about race. We talked about black. We talked about white. We brought it all back. I'm Gary Busey. I got a dent in my head. I can see things that you won't see till you're dead. I'm a spirit. I go up to heaven. Do you know what movie I love? Seven. Not just because it rhymes with heaven. Because that would be bad rap. I wouldn't be flowing. I'd be going. I'm gonna call an Uber and not a Lyft because my politics don't hold up to shit. I want an SUV because I want to be left in peace when I pee in the back seat of the car while I play Minecraft and try to go farther than I have. I'm playing a Skyblock mine pa- pa- mod pack. That's the kind where you start on just a block of dirt and then you have to make everything that usually is not worth that much. You have to sift dirt to make iron. It's fucking crazy. Gary Busey. Native American. Philosophy. Celebrity apprentice. Motorcycle. Spirit. Hear it. Gary Busey. I'm going to open a hardware store. But the counter's going to be where everything's kept. Because I don't believe in ownership. If you come in for a hammer, you sell it to me. <laughs> Whatever you're building, it's already been built. No. Time travels the dot you connect. I'm bigger than that. Bigger than everything. Bigger than the American Eagle. Don't put it on an endangered list. Let it be free of bureaucracy. If there's a thing that you don't need a law to protect, that's the true thing we should aspire to. Anarchy. I'm a bald eagle with a dented head. Search of a thermal vent that can keep my wings aloft. My bones are still hollow. I'm looking for the rabbit of racism. And when I see it, I'll dive down at 600 miles per hour and scoop it up and take it up to the tower where my babies are kept in a little nest. And I'll eat the head and leave them the rest. And they'll eat it down and say, good, 
Now race is done. We're made of wood. If you were made of wood, you wouldn't be black or white. You'd just be oak, and then you'd have a different kind of sight. And you could make furniture at my hardware store out of ourselves. You'd be a cabinet. You wouldn't be a black person. You'd be a cabinet. With drawers instead of thoughts. I got buck teeth. I'm like Nick Nolte with an overbite. I'm John Lithgow. Oh, shit. John John Lithgow. Lithgow. I'm John Lithgow, and I'm here to say I'm going to come into your rap and save the day. I got a circular mouth like I'm a lamprey. I'm John Lithgow. Let me be free. Wave your hands in the motherfucking air. John Lithgow doesn't give a fucking care. Black women going to save the world. I'm John Lithgow. Fucking every girl. I got a dick as wide as Harry from the Hendersons. It's pretty scary. I I was third rock from the sun. I'm going to put my dick inside your butt. I love biracial women. I want to have an orgy with biracial women. I love millennial biracial women. I'm John Lithgow. My mouth is circular, like a story and like a young ripe titty. Am I a hero or a villain? I'm just filling to your villain. mind with what? Sorry, what? To fill oh, to villain. Oh God. No, I'm sorry. I... Lithgow, L-I-T-H-G-O-W. <laughs> Thank you for coming to Harvard Town, everybody. That's been our show. <laughs> Steve Levy. Steve Agee. Oh, Brandon Johnson. Incredible. Incredible. Michael Madison. Matt Ornstein. Stein, Matt Ornstein, Stein, I forget. Watch Accidental Courtesy by Matt Ornstein. Is there anything else you want to plug? We didn't even ask you that. Are you we working on anything else? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I am working on a new one, so hopefully you'll have me back next time again. Okay. But in the meantime, Accidental Courtesy is on Netflix. So and, good. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. And I wanted to thank my editor, Ben Barnes, who I hear out there uh, laughing. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me. We'll take that out in post. It's <laughs> a little joke for him. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I'm Jeff Davis, your comptroller. Dan Harmon, your mayor, everybody. Thank you so much. Spencer Crittenden. Spencer Crittenden as well. Okay. Drive fast and take chances, everybody. Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private... Hello, beautiful. I'm Amy Errett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. One of the things I value most in life is time. Time to spend with my daughter, time to spend with family, and the time I put into my company that's reinventing the way women color their hair. The busiest, most successful women I know use Madison Reed. 
the amazing hair color hack. In under an hour and for less than $25, Madison Reed delivers gorgeous, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy-looking hair with an ammonia-free formula. You'll look like you just came from a salon, but the reality is you have more me time to do what you love. Things get busy. Let us take care of you and your hair. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code NEW. That's code NEW. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed. 